to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center, located on East 7th Street in Joplin, where they are passionate about sharing the freedom and forgiveness found in Jesus Christ. Now, here's Pastor Dan with this week's edition of In Him. I thank you that she is your, um, your, your servant, your, the spirit of sonship that functions through her life as a daughter of the Most High God. I thank you that she's a mother, daughter, and sister in the kingdom, and a picture of that for us to see. We bless this word uh, with faith expectation on our part in your name. And may the Holy Ghost... Dig deep, go wide, go high. And every component of who we are as man, woman, boy or girl in this room. Because we came expecting Jesus to meet us in this place. Oh, I don't know about you, but oh my goodness sakes. I really got messed up this morning. That was so good. Oh, I just wanted to keep dancing. I, I promised Pastor Cindy I would share this uh, as during the worship. Oh, that was so good. And there were angels that were dancing across the front and little angels that were dancing and they had on these little skirts and they were doing somersaults and they were laughing and they were just having the best time. And the Lord said to me, this is the house where angels dance. And I was like, yes! Oh, it was so good. And it just, it was just, couldn't you feel that? I mean, oh my goodness. Honestly. I mean, it's been a long time since I've just felt just such joy and such, like I said, I just wanted to kick my shoes off and just dance. I was like, oh, forget about me speaking. I just want to dance. I just want to play. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Last night, um, I kind of uh, excused myself, and I I um, went to bed a little bit early, and then I got a call from my youngest daughter, and uh, she's my cowgirl daughter. Her and I share that. We both have horses, and she was like, Mom, I need you to pray. Her horse was colicking. And some of you might know what that means. It's where they get like a stomach ache. And when horses that happen, they go down and they roll and they can twist their gut and it kills them. And so um, her precious husband, who's an Orlando boy, city boy, he's out there walking her horse <laughs> late at night because you have to walk them. Sometimes it, you walk them for overnight you just hours and hours and hours to keep them going until you can uh, clean, clear that up and she knew that at my farm I had uh, different medications and stuff that she could give the horse banamine and stuff to help and so she was trying desperately to get a hold of me and she was actually at work and he called her and she had to come home and so I'm praying for her horse last night I've done that many times over many animals 
and uh, when by the time I went to bed last night, her horse was doing real well and made it through the night and doing good this morning. So, uh, yeah, it's like healing comes in all different ways, and I kept stressing that yesterday at the school. It doesn't matter where you are. It's not like you just come to church for healing. Healing takes place everywhere you go, everywhere that God sends you in every single place. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's an animal, too. You know, God loves animals. He created them. And so healing in this place, we talked about last night, that this is a place of healing. This is today the healing rooms. And I wanted to mention this because even during worship, there's healing that takes place. Don't miss it because the healer is in the house. And so if there's things going on, and, and just receive that because you are going to continue to see more and more of that here in this house where there are going to be people that are healed during worship, people that are going to be healed during the message, people that are going to be healed at all times, and, and not just here. I really believe, too, thank you, Lord, your children are going to be getting healing even in the Sunday school rooms. Your children are going to be healed as we worship in here, as they worship in there. The Lord just has that plan. He's taking you into another level from where you were. He's taking you. Get ready. Hang on. Because He is taking you into things that are new and different. Go with Him. Don't be afraid of it. I can't stress that enough. If you, whatever giftings that God's entrusted in your care, walk in them, use them, step out in them, and don't let anything hinder you in that. That's not my message. That's not what I'm going to teach, but that's what was on my heart. <laughs> so today I want to share with you from my counselor's heart. And um, when Pastor Dan asked me if I would share this morning, I, mean, I said, "Okay, Lord, what am I? What do you? What is it that you want me to share? What is it that I have no idea?" And, and a week went by, and I'm still, "Okay, Lord, I'm waiting. What do you want me to share? Please don't wait till like it's time for me just to walk up there. I really, really need to know." And a lot of times when I'm out in the barn with my horses, that's when I really hear, like, really clear. The Lord get, drops all kinds of things. And, and so little by little, he started to just deposit some of the things. And then I woke up in the middle of the night, and he just gave me what he wanted me to talk about. And I can understand that a little bit better because it kind of connects in with what yesterday I shared and we talked yesterday about hearing from God, being able to listen and follow God's direction because we need to be able to do that as he commissions us and sends us out. And as we minister into the lives of people, we need to be able to hear his direction. We need to follow the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit knows the person so well that we are ministering to. And if we listen and we follow that, then we're going to know exactly what, how to pray, right? Yes. 
And so my message today that I want to share with you is living from your heart. It's that connection with our head and our heart. And I want to share out of Proverbs 4.23. It says, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. What does wellspring mean? It means bountiful. It means that's where the source comes from. And so when you think about that and you look at that biblically, what is it talking about when it talks about the heart? It's referring to the center of self, where our mind, our will, and our emotions converse. It's where it's the center for that physical and emotional and intellectual part. And God takes a very high importance that we know how to tune into that. The heart thinks. Matthew 9, 4. Mark 2, 8. It remembers. It reflects. The heart emotionally functions. It, it really experiences a full range of emotions. And I just want to share some of the emotions here. Joy. Deuteronomy 28.47 and 1 Samuel 2.8. Sorrow, 1 Samuel 1.8. Raging, 2 Kings 6.11. Peace, Colossians 3.15. Feeling troubled, John 14.1. Doubt, Mark 11.23. Fear, Genesis 42.28. Selfish ambition, James 3.14, trusting, Proverbs 3.5, pride, humility, Matthew 11.29. The emotional state of the heart affects the whole person. It's so important to understand how God gave us emotions for a reason. And when we shut those down, what happens? And that's what I want to talk about. A happy heart makes the face cheerful. I haven't been able to stop smiling since I got here. You know, there's just such joy, and I just, I just love it. So, Jeremiah 31, 33. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their heart. As I said, this is really important to God. He really wants us to be able to function correctly. He wants us to be able to function as a whole person, spiritually, physically, emotionally. And when I work with people in my counseling ministry, I don't just work with them in the emotional part of their being. I look at 
all three of those areas because that's who we are. That's how God created us, right? And so you can't just address one part of a person and expect that the rest is going to be okay. You have to be able to address all of it so there's a balance in that person. And so if they come in and they're just like emotionally struggling in, in an area, I look at, then it has to be too, also in the physical part an imbalance or the spiritual part. Because I know that that's the way God created us to be. Did you know that the word heart is used over 40 times throughout the Gospels? And it's used over a thousand times throughout scriptures. It's really an important part. But also, did you know that more leaders, teachers, pastors, people that we interact with, people that lead in, in that they're, the place that they really focus on more is comes from their intellect. It comes from that processing place. A lot of times it's because they haven't really learned that connection and I want to talk about some of the reasons why people disconnect in that area. I want to say, I said this last night and I'm going to say it again. You're very blessed and gifted because you have pastors who have learned through the years the importance of the heart and the mind connection, and they operate in that way, and that's a blessing. I mean, I, I know there's many of you that have probably served under other leaders that that hasn't been the case, and it's, it's difficult. You experience that business model of leadership, you know, where they make decisions in, in course of action, not from, from their heart. They come, become analytical and task-oriented, and, you know, it's a great approach if, you know, it's, you're going to battle and you're leading your troops into combat, but it doesn't work when God's called you into a battle or a place dealing with broken people, ministering to people that, that need that, that compassion from here instead of instructions from here. And there's a big difference in that. People can feel that. You know, when, when you want to love your wife or um, you're supposed to minister healing to sick, people, it's just... Have you ever felt that? When someone just tries to meet you from here and there's just that block, there's that wall that's there, you don't feel that draw, you don't feel that compassion. So, what can cause people to disconnect in that area? What happens? My experience in counseling, and I want to give you kind of an example of this, when I work with people, a lot of times, you know, we will go back to some of the traumas in their life 
and my experience in that when they've gone through traumas as a, as a child, say like a, a little girl who wakes up in the middle of the night and she's so afraid and she's crying and she wants her mother and her mother who has been through just terrible trauma that day herself with you know a job that has just been uh, wore her out she's tired and a marriage that she's struggling in and so she's irritated and and she's the last thing she wants to do is get, woke up in the middle of the night and so she goes in there and she's you know out of her frustration and anger she approaches that little child well that little child what happens? She feels like it's her fault that her mother is angry and, and mean and, and, and takes it out on her. It wasn't the intent. wasn't at all the child's fault. It was just the place the mother was in at that time. But what happens in that, in that little child's heart, she already starts to make a vow that she's never going to show those emotions anymore because after all, the message to her was that wasn't good. Her emotions wasn't good because it made her mommy angry. So it's a small thing that can take place in our lives way back at the beginning where or the lies that we believe that, you know, I'm just not important. Daddy's supposed to come to a baseball game and watch me play baseball, and he doesn't show up. He promised he would be there, and the little boy's out playing, you know, baseball, kept watching for his dad in the stands, and he's not there. What's the message? I have no value. My dad doesn't care. Where the truth can be that his dad just got very, very busy and tied up at work, never intended to miss the game. But a child, in the child's life, everything revolves around them. And so whatever happens, they take it in, it's my fault. I'm the one that created it. Something's wrong with me. And they begin to shut down. They don't want to feel that hurt. They don't want to feel those feelings. I worked with a, a man not too long ago that uh, came in for counseling, or came to my seminar, and I taught on... Uh, making vows, and I taught on Hearts of Stone. And and afterwards, he came up and he said, oh, man, he said, a light bulb just went on when you were talking about making vows because in vows we get stuck because, you know, we believe a lie. We get stuck in this vow, and it holds us in that place. And he said, I had been married before, and he said, I went through a horrible divorce, and he said, I had my heart broken. And during that time, he said, I uh, told myself, I will never trust a woman again. And I'm never opening my heart. I'm never letting anyone get that close to me again. And he said, as you were speaking, he said, all of a sudden I realized that's what's causing problems in my relationship today. Because he had remarried. And he said, my wife was always complaining to me that she could never get close to me. She always felt like, you know, there was a wall, there was something there. And he said, I couldn't figure out what she was talking about. And he said, but then I, the Lord showed me. She would come walking in the room, and I could tell by her, uh, you know, her countenance. And he said, her walk. And he said, I knew she was coming because she wanted to hug. And he said, I would try and find some reason to be busy and find something to do. Or he said, she'd go to take my hand, and he said, I'd give it a squeeze, and then I would just kind of 
And he said, that was so hurtful for her. And I realized what I did. He said, I shut my heart off. He said, I was approaching her from here. I was not allowing myself to feel that connection and that love with her out of fear because of my past experience. And he said, I don't want to do that. I want to have that close, intimate relationship with her. And so we prayed through those things that the Lord was showing him, and he had to confess that what he had done after he realized what was happening, and he also called his wife and, and told her what the Lord had been showing him and asked her for forgiveness. And later on when I saw his wife, she said, things have really changed. She said, it's amazing how now we can talk. And he said, she said, it comes from here now. It's not just an intellectual type conversation. So sometimes too, what happens, and some of you can relate to this, when you were told, oh, big boys don't cry. You big sissy. Oh, that cry baby. There she goes again, crying like a baby. The message again, emotions are not good. Emotions are bad. So they stuff and they shut them down. And so we are affected from that then if we grow up in that or later in our life even we decide that emotions aren't good and we sometimes grew up some people grew up in families where emotions were not shared they were not talk about alcoholic homes broken homes because what the child experiences growing up in that is emotions were, when dad came home drunk, angry, called them names, or we can't talk about what goes on at home, family secrets, we can't talk about that. They're taught you don't share those emotions and feelings. What happens when they go, grow up? They have that disconnect because they were taught that that wasn't right to feel those things. And there's that loneliness and that hurt. They have a hard time functioning in relationships at that point. The other thing, in Hebrews 3, 7 through 8, it says, Today, if you will hear his voice. Do not harden your heart. Because the heart is actually where we do hear God's voice. So when we disregard and we, we shut that down in our emotions, we're also cheated out of that intimacy, that deep place with God. There's a block there. There isn't the flow the way it should be. The truth is, when we block and we shut that area down in our heart, it works. We don't feel as much of the pain because we don't feel. 
And so it does exactly what we have decided that we want it to, to do. I remember when I was going through a really hard time in my life and, and I had, was feeling so much hurt and so much pain through it. And I was like, Lord, I just want to shut that down. I don't want to feel it anymore. There's people that don't feel all this hurt and all this shame, pain and all this, you know, I don't want to feel it anymore. And the Lord said to me, okay, okay. But I, I won't be able to use you in the calling that you're in. I won't be able, that's not going to work. And I said, can I think about this for a few days? <laughs> because that sounded really good at that time. I was like, oh, good. I won't have to feel this anymore. But it's true. How can you minister to people if you're not connecting with them this way? How can you hear from Daddy God if you're not connecting this way with Him? Because there's blocks, right? And so, and I, you know, that happens. I, when I work with people, I counsel people, they come in and one of the things I always do, I want to lead them to Jesus because he's the counselor, not me. I'm the vessel. And so I want to lead them to the healer. And so I could sit there and tell them all kinds of stuff. But I really want them to hear from Jesus. And so I teach them. I use listening prayer. And I teach them how to sit quietly and just close their eyes, sit quietly, and just listen. And I pray, you know, and ask the Lord to come. And I say, you know, I know today there's things that you want Jenny to know. And so, Lord, we just invite you to come and just minister to her and just show her the things that are there that you want to heal in her. Because a lot of times there's lies that they're believing that the Lord has to you know, expose those lies and take back this territory from the enemy. And so, but I want them to hear it from him, not me. And so sometimes it's kind of funny because <laughs> my God's a funny God. He's got such a good sense of humor. And sometimes he tells me and he shows me and I'll say to him, will you show them? And he does. And then it's like, oh, oh, it's so good. So good. But a lot of times, what happens, people will just go, nothing's happening. Thank you for listening to In Him with Pastor Dan Wormuth of Joplin Family Worship Center. Listen to this broadcast again at KNEO.org. You can also download a podcast version of today's message by searching KNEO on iTunes. Joplin Family Worship Center is located on East 7th Street in Joplin and has ministries for all ages. They invite you to join them this week for Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. Find out more at jfwc.org or facebook.com slash Joplin Family Worship Center. Follow Pastor Dan on Twitter at Daniel H. Wormuth. Thank you for listening. And remember, in Him, you are free. Are you a Christian who likes to read? If not, there's a whole world of Christian publishing out there that you're missing out on. 
I invite you to check out the Authors' Corner podcast, where I talk to the latest Christian authors each week about their new book releases and what's coming next. So if you're ready to jumpstart your spiritual growth with the newest books and the authors who write them, check out the Authors' Corner podcast with me, Roberta Foster.